Vox Quick Hits. Hey, what's up? Hello, I'm Emily Vanderwerf. I'm Vox's critic at large. I'm Alyssa Wilkinson. I am Vox's film critic. And this is What to Watch. It's a podcast where we tell you, wait for it, what to watch. This week, we're talking about Coda on Apple TV+. Plus. Sometimes I get a good feeling, yeah. yeah. I get a feeling that I never, 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 never had before. You were the girl with the deaf family? Yeah. yeah. I just want to tell you right now. And you sing. Interesting. Coda is you know, a musical term for something that kind of comes at the end of a piece of music. But it's also an acronym for child of deaf adults. And indeed, this is a sort of family comedy drama about a girl who is growing up in a family where she is the only hearing member of the family. Um, Both of her parents are deaf. Her brother is also deaf. And they live in Gloucester, Massachusetts. So the film focuses on a girl named Ruby, played by Amelia Jones. She's a high school senior. She really loves music, which is an interesting thing for her growing up in a family where music isn't a big part of their life. Um, Her parents run a fishing business that she and her brother work in as well, and they're really struggling to stay afloat. There's a number of layers to this, um, but she kind of harbors aspirations of going to music school. Her parents need her in the family business, and she's trying to work out what that's going to mean for her future. This is actually a remake of a French-language movie from 2014. There's a couple of reasons that it's notable. One is that it premiered at the Sundance Film Festival this year, which was virtual, and it wound up getting acquired by Apple for a record $25 million. That's the largest amount of money anyone's ever paid for a movie at Sundance. Um, It won a bunch of awards. It's also notable because it's one of the rare films where multiple members of the cast are deaf actors playing deaf characters. This is not usually how Hollywood has portrayed deaf characters. I spotted uh, Marley Matlin, the great Marley Matlin, uh, an Oscar winner for her work in Children of a Lesser God, mm-hmm. and probably the best known deaf performer working. Like, I think that's right. I don't think there are other deaf actors as famous as her because she won an Oscar. And I'm uh, wondering who are some of the other folks who are in this movie or who made this movie? And uh, what, what did you sort of think of their work? A lot of these actors are, you know, in an independent film. Maybe you won't have seen them in like a, you know, a Marvel film or something like that. But I think that that's really kind of wonderful. So Amelia Jones, who plays Ruby, is a mostly a theater actor in London, but she also was in the Netflix series Lock and Key. She's been in Doctor Who. Daniel Durant, who plays her brother, has been in Spring Awakening. And Troy Kotzer, who plays her father, is really, truly wonderful. Um, he's kind Kind of uh, another actor who's been in a lot of films, a lot of plays. So there's a lot of people who have a lot of experience as actors, but haven't all gotten to kind of be together in a film and really portray this kind of experience. Sure. Um, the director, Sam Hutter, who has made a bunch of films. Again, a lot of them are are small, um, but you might have heard of this little show she wrote for called Orange is the New Black on Netflix. So it's a really Uh, experienced cast and filmmaking crew, and it was really fun to see how they worked together to create this story. Now, when it won 
the award at Sundance. It won the top prize. It sent this sort of reaction of critics I follow on Twitter that were like, oh, that was so cheesy. That was so familiar. That was so formulaic. You know, even people who were like, that was pretty good. We're like, what well, wasn't the best of Sundance? And I'm trying to determine how much of that is, were there like better movies at Sundance that people were upset didn't win versus like, is this kind of, you know, not all that great outside of the Sundance setting? And I, I'm going to preface this by saying there is this famous tradition of a movie that goes over like gangbusters at Sundance that is just like everyone is applauding it and saying, this is amazing. And then it gets out of Sundance. And people are like, what? So, Alyssa, I'm asking you, is Coda, <laughs> is is Coda like that? Is it a victim of Sundance disease or was it just my critic friends being like, well, I liked it, but there were better things? Well, I think one important point about this one to reiterate is that Sundance did not happen in person this year. So having been to Sundance for years and years, I know that there's a certain thing that goes on when you're up in the mountains and you're sleep deprived and you're oxygen deprived and everyone's really excited about the movie they just saw and the buzz gets really, really big. Um, in this case, everyone was kind of watching it on their couches at their home and tweeting about it. So should it have been the largest acquisition ever in Sundance history? No, I don't think so. I don't really know what happened there. I think a lot of this is due to Apple TV trying to break into the movie game, which they've been trying to do for several years. They're trying to kind of bring movies onto their service that will attract subscribers. Um, is this the one? I don't know. But I think that another thing to note about this is that if you're kind of inside the film world, you may think of Sundance movies as being quirky movies. I would definitely not call this movie quirky. Another sort of criticism I've, I've, I've seen about this film, and to be fair, I saw like one tweet to this effect, and I have not seen the movie, but I have seen frequently people with disabilities say that films about characters without disabilities who have people with disabilities in their lives sort of center the experience of those of us who don't have disabilities at the expense of the stories of people with disabilities. And like, I haven't seen this movie. I don't know if that's a fair criticism. I honestly don't know if the person who tweeted about it has seen this movie, but I saw the tweet and was like, I'm interested in that take. So I'm wondering mm -hmm. how you think this plays around with that trope of, cause like, it sounds like Ruby is the main character, but it also sounds like it treats the, the, the deaf characters with a lot of love and affection and care. Um, I think there's probably some good criticisms to be had there. You know, I'm I'm really looking forward to the writing that comes out around this movie because I think that's a definitely an issue that has been present in movies about disability for a long time. I will also say the jury at Sundance gave this movie an ensemble award, and that was definitely on purpose because it does feel like a family ensemble. There are scenes where Ruby's not present. There are definitely lots of scenes where the main characters in the scene are not Ruby. <laughs> there are other people. And so, yes, there are pieces of it that are centering Ruby's experience. Um, but what we're looking at is her experience as being a person who's interacting with the deaf world and also trying to find her way in as a hearing person. And those are kind of two parts of her experience. Mm -hmm. And we also get the parents thinking about how that is for their daughter or the brother thinking about how this is for his sister and also her thinking about how his life is going to unfold. So there's a lot of interaction there. I would characterize the movie as being more about the family than just about her and about them kind of growing together. And that means there's a lot of really 
important and I think beautiful moments um, of family drama. At the same time, that's a totally valid criticism. I think it's a conversation that's worth having. It's just not where this movie is. Sure. And just sort of finally, a lot of the time when a movie is centered on music in some way, like the music ends up lacking and that kind of hurts the the movie. Obviously, this is just about a a girl who's exploring music. She's not like a, you know, a a world-class musician like, um, Taylor Swift, I just did the sign of the cross. Um, <laughs> what? How is the music though? Is is it good? I really enjoyed it. There's, a, it's only a little bit of music. You know, she's a high schooler. Mm-hmm. She's trying to learn to duet with this boy that she likes, and that's just kind of heartwarming. Um, but I think the music is not overplayed. This is not a musical at all. It's just music as part of the story. And um, I found myself humming the main song a lot after I saw the movie. Okay. Well, uh, that is Coda. Alyssa, where can people find it and how much time will it take for them to watch it? So Coda is opening in theaters. Um, so it may be at a theater near you. It is also streaming on Apple TV Plus, which you may have a subscription to for various reasons, including, you know, this little show nobody's heard of called Ted Lasso, or perhaps you bought an Apple device in the past year. So it is one hour and 51 minutes long. It's definitely the kind of movie to sit down with the family, pop some popcorn and watch. And it's time for everybody's favorite segment here on What to Watch, the one we've been doing since the very beginning. <laughs> (laughs) Extra credits. It's where we tell you other stuff that you can watch if you watched Coda and want to move on to something else. And uh, I'm going to start by uh, recommending the show This Close, which is a Sundance series. It is the first TV series in American history to have deaf showrunners. Uh, They also play the two main characters of the show, uh, Shoshana Stern and Josh Feldman. They play best friends who sort of navigate their lives and various relationships, and Marley Matlin also pops up in this show. It is really wonderful and closely observed and beautifully filmed, and it's only 14 episodes across two seasons, and you can find it on AMC Plus or Sundance Now or basically any sort of streaming service in that family. Alyssa, do you have something you think people would enjoy after uh, having seen CODA? I do. I I think a movie that's maybe a little more for older teens only, but definitely a great one, uh, would be the 2019 comedy Booksmart. I think the heroines of that movie have a lot in common with the heroine of this movie. And I think that um, if you're looking for a fun kind of like end of high school, trying to figure out how to chase your dreams, you really can't do better than Booksmart. Hour and 45 minutes. It's on Hulu. It's rentable on all the digital services. And if you haven't seen it, it is a pleasure. So that is it for this week, everybody. Thank you for listening. We're going to see you next week with more talk about things to watch. Actually, we're going to tell you about what to watch now that you're going back to school. Have a good weekend. We hope you enjoy Coda. Um, Alyssa, what's Ted Lasso? Oh, I don't know. Something about somebody playing sports ball, something like that. Oh, it's the ping pong show. The ping pong show. (laughs) 